This is a broadcast of SmallCapVoice.com, a financial communications and investor relations firm. SmallCapVoice.com receives payment for investor relations and financial consulting services that it provides to its clients. You should assume that officers, directors, and employees of SmallCapVoice.com or financial analysts mentioned and their families hold a position and intend to trade in these securities for their own accounts. This is not an offer or recommendation to buy or sell securities. Information in this broadcast is presented solely for informative purposes and is not intended to be nor should it be construed as investment advice. As in all investments, an investment in a featured company carries an investment risk. Listeners should review the company thoroughly with a registered investment advisor or registered stockbroker. This broadcast does not purport to be a complete study of the featured company or other companies mentioned. Information used and statements of fact have been obtained from the featured company and other sources but not verified nor guaranteed by smallcapvoice.com as to completeness or accuracy. Such information is subject to change without notice. You're wired in smallcapvoice.com. Following is a presentation of smallcapvoice.com, today's leader in investor relations, capital formation, and retail support. Now, with your online business briefing, smallcapvoice.com's Stuart T. Smith. Well, as always, thank you so much for your time here today at smallcapvoice.com. We appreciate you stopping in to listen to another online business briefing where we're going to shine a spotlight today on Progressive Care Incorporated, traded on the OTCQB under the ticker symbol RXMD. Of course, their wholly owned subsidiary is Farmco LLC. We're joined today by the CEO of the company, Sheetal Mars. Sheetal, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks so much for calling in again. We just spoke recently, listeners, for the Q2 earnings call, which was very well attended. But there were some questions, because it was so well attended, that we didn't get to in that call. Now, we are getting to those questions today. So as promised in that call, we're going to go back and hit some of those shareholder questions and then talk about some of the big news, such as the company earning top performance scores from Humana. That came out in the month of August. And again, the largest six-month revenue period in company history in Q2 2018, that came out in August as well. So she'll buckle up. We've got a good interview in front of us. Yeah, a lot of things to talk about. Absolutely. Well, let's start with the new location in Palm Beach County. Here's the question. Is the new location in Palm Beach County performing in line with expectations in your opinion? It really is. And and we're kind of excited. We've added more employees. We've added an, another delivery person there. So they're growing. Before we acquired them, they were doing about $100,000 in sales a month, and that had remained flat over the duration of its, its existence until we started getting involved. In June, in anticipation of closing the transaction, we were able to go from $100,000 in sales to almost $140,000 in sales. And I know that I had told shareholders we, we expected to grow the company between 20 and 30% by the end of the year, I we're already we increased it from where it was uh, a whole forty percent or thirty five percent. So we are really excited and encouraged by how well it's doing. Um, we just went through the process of getting the DBA in place, so that way we can start unifying the branding and operating under under the Farmco name. And now we just have to go through and submit all of our notifications 
to all of the regulatory agencies and insurance companies, notifying them of the change in the DBA, and we should be good to go. And now we can use our own marketing. We can be, begin to talk to doctors about our performance because we can show them what PharmCo does and use that name and use that branding. So we, we think uh, we're well on our way to growth at, at Touchpoint and soon to be PharmCo location number two in West Palm Beach. Excellent. Well, let's say moving on, the next question is, is what do you foresee as the most positive of progressive care's changes that have been accomplished in 2018 thus far? The most positive is the acquisition. Well, oh, I, let me back up because we have a lot of really great things. The acquisition of Touchpoint is the biggest. We go from one location to two. It expands our radius another 100 miles. It brings in another patch packing gene system. It brings in really great talent, another three, 4,000 square feet of space to be able to build on and develop and do telepharmacy. The Humana scores that you brought up earlier was another major accomplishment. We've never hit all of the, the metrics before, all three of them at the same time. So that was a big thing. Um, reaching 23,000 prescriptions filled a month is, is another one. Filing our audited financials for a second year, which then allows us to build our uh, registration statement to get compliant with the SEC. I mean, the list goes on and on. The development of our telepharmacy software, the development of our new website, which is, it, which is close to being complete. We have so many things that we are really rolling on. The program that we have to combat opioid addiction and foster more coherent and nuanced pain management in South Florida is a big deal. Some of the media coverage that we're getting, you're seeing articles written by me being published by industry magazines and, and more interviews by, by news reporters and, and other people. It's, it's really phenomenal, the transformation that has happened in 2018 with just the change of going from OTC Pink just last year to OTC QB. It's just phenomenal and amazing. And I'm so, uh, you know, overwhelmed and humbled by the, the transition in just, you know, eight or nine months. Well, and this next question, I, I think, might be framed improperly because, as you just pointed out, since you went from pink to OTCQB, you are SEC compliant. So I think they're talking about possibly the NASDAQ listing, but I'm going to put these two questions together then. The next question is, is the company still on pace for SEC compliance early 2019? And then the follow-up question is, what about NASDAQ? Has management been undertaking any preparations to ensure all compliance requirements are in place. So I think both these questions are actually asking the same thing about getting that NASDAQ listing, because again, you are timely, so you are in compliance with the SEC currently. Well, we're not fully reporting with the SEC. So we're alternative reporters. We file through OTC, QB, and we are current. So we are doing everything that we're required to do under our alternative reporting status. The big thing is to then re-register with the SEC and begin filing 10Ks and 10Qs and 8Ks and Form 4s and 13Ds and whatever else that we need to file. So the first thing that the first step in the process of re-registration with the SEC part of it is filing our S1. And that's what we're preparing now. We spent a couple of months gathering up all of the due diligence documents. We're, we plan to file the report with two years of PCAOB audited financials. We'll have the 
the stub period that we'll have to report. We'll have to go in depth of our business and our revenue and our model and everything else and, and really go into our risk disclosures. Luckily for us, we have maintained the, the broad spectrum of compliance within our annual reports with, with uh, OTC markets. So our annual reports have, are pretty comprehensive with the risk disclosures and the notes to the financial statements and, and things like that. So it's not reinventing the wheel for us. It's taking what we do and already have, the, have been doing for the past couple of years and reformatting that to be in compliance with standard Edgarization formats with the SEC. So we're looking forward to that. We're in the process of that. We think that we can file the S-1 this year, and then we will have our first 10-K filed with the SEC come March 2019. The only caveat to that is whether the SEC will require two years of audited financials or three. And if it's three, we know that's where the March date comes in. We'll have our third year of PCAOB audited financials by the end of March 2019. So that's the, the last the latest we expect to uh, be with the within SEC fully reporting compliance. With NASDAQ, we have been exploring all of the requirements needed for NASDAQ. One of the things that we don't want to do is put the cart before the horse, and I think I say that uh, too many times, but we want to make sure we do we handle the SEC part of it correctly, file the S-1, have that get um, accepted and, and approved and begin filing and being fully reporting with the SEC before we go to the next phase of this. With NASDAQ or any national exchange, there are some compliance requirements that are going to require shareholder approval. And what I would like to do, my ideal scenario, is, is to have a good shareholder meeting and work with our share, existing shareholder base on the best path forward to meeting those compliance requirements for, for uplisting to a, a national exchange or NASDAQ. And I hope by the time we get to that, to having a meeting with our shareholders is going to be productive and we'll have a good path forward on how we want to enter the next phase of progressive care's existence. But first, let's get to fully reporting status with the SEC. Okay, great. Well, then moving on, and that was a lot, and that was an area that I was unfamiliar with, so I appreciate that. And this also is an area that gets a lot of questions, and so let's jump into this as well. And that's the 340B. And this is a little bit different take. I know you've gone in length in our recent call talking about how you book 340B, but here's a different take. With some of these 340B organizations based further away in cities close to Tampa and Orlando, how does that work for obtaining scripts from these organizations, is distance a factor? Distance is a factor. However, with the new organizations we've signed on, yes, they may be based in Orlando or, or Tampa. Some are even based in California. Um, the great thing is that they have local providers. So who we are working with and who we're receiving prescriptions from are in that South Florida area, anywhere as far south as Homestead, Florida, as far north as Port St. Lucie. When we're talking about new 340B providers, we want to always start with the local market first so that they can get a sense of who we are and how we operate. And then as we expand, we hope that we will be allowed an opportunity to get those contracts further north in in Florida. And, And once we get to the next locations, which after we have this Palm Beach area, you know, we want to go to that I-4 corridor, which is 
Tampa, Orlando, Daytona area, then we can begin to get some of those 340B um, institutions in that area, and then distance won't be as much of a factor for that. But distance is always a factor, regardless of who it's from, whether it's 340B or just a doctor or somebody that hears about us in, in Gainesville or Jacksonville and wants us to help his patients. We are limited in that we can't go there until we have the contracts in place and licenses in place, and hopefully we'll have a location there that will be able to service some of these greater metropolitan areas throughout throughout Florida. Well, very good. Let's jump into that news that you touched on just a little bit before, because this is, like you said, this is a milestone for the company, and we did address a lot of the questions so far. Let's take time to touch on this news, because you did get top performance scores from Humana, and it was the first time, as you mentioned, that you hit all these metrics. So this is a validation for the standards that you set there at FarmCo, and a big kudos to you and your company for that. We work tremendously hard on managing adherence and managing health outcomes. That's one of the the biggest differentiators about the Pharmco model and almost any other pharmacy model out there is that we really pay attention to the health outcomes. We really, it's not just about getting prescriptions to the door. It's making sure that patients understand what the prescriptions are and how they benefit their health so that patients are more likely to take their medications on time and as prescribed. And so for us to achieve this, and every year that those goals set by Humana get harder and harder to meet. So the fact that we have been improving, even though those goalposts keep moving further away from us, is just phenomenal. We cannot, I cannot stress how proud I was. I squealed like a little girl. It was just a beautiful sight to see those scores put on, on the screen and just say at 98%, adherence. We are meeting those metrics by Humana, and and Humana is a great partner for us. They're one of the few PBMs, few insurance companies that actually provides us an opportunity to get our DIR fees back. In just that first six months, we would be getting all of our DIR fees back, and and they, they structure it a little bit differently, but it's just beyond my wildest dreams that I thought that we would be here. And One of the things that is really important is Humana measures you as a pharmacy equal to all other pharmacies in their network. So if you have 10 Humana patients or 100,000 Humana patients, you're you're considered the same. And so for us to have 98% adherence in these measures, hypertension, cholesterol, diabetes, and be able to deliver this kind of scores with that many patients, with, with thousands of patients instead of just tens of patients is really something special and says something special about my staff, says something special about the pharmacist, says something special about our delivery people, and, and more, most importantly, our model and our mission and that it's working and that these patients are, are being well and, and taken care of. Well, and you can't get one without the other. So if you don't have high standards and great marks and good internal controls and processes, you're not going to have the largest six-month revenue period in company history, which was also announced here and what was the center of our discussion in our last conference call. But the drivers behind these numbers, uh, you know, these are what keep growing. The prescriptions being written, the 340B, I mean, all these different things keep growing, as does the company. So the numbers are in line with your growth, it seems. Yeah, and we were really thrilled. I mean, we experienced a little bit of a stress test during the six months with changes in insurance, 
and how they're treating compounds. And so if we were just a pharmacy that took took a niche and, and ran with it all the way, devoting all of our resources to a singular source of revenue, we would be in trouble. But we never decided that, okay, this is what's making us money today. Let's forego every other avenue of, of developing our pharmacy just for that. And because we're a diversified business, because we're really good at what we do, any drop in any singular area of the pharmacy industry is not going to be a huge detriment to our company. We're able to survive. We're able to withstand these pressures. And these pressures are beyond our control. Insurance does what it wants. And we can't lobby them. We can't control whether they cover something or not. The good thing is because we do compounding the way we do it, our audits are almost always clean. I don't think I've seen an audit in the last three years with regard to a compound that, that has come back with any major discrepancies. And because we do it one by one, each prescription is different. Each patient is unique. We're really making sure that we're delivering the best possible medication solution to the patient. And we still have that as part of our model. And we still advocate for the patient when compounds are helping and necessary. We continue to fight for that coverage. But we have all of these other things. We have 340B. We have long-term care. We have specialty. We have adherence and retail and and our front-end store. We have all these areas that we perform really well in. And because we're that kind of pharmacy that can do it all and do it all exceptionally well, that's where we're getting that growth. That's where doctors are recognizing the PharmCo difference. That's where patients are recognizing the PharmCo difference. Well, Sheetal, I want to thank you for your time once again. Congratulations on a wonderful 2018 so far. It's been great catching up with you throughout the year. And look, we're not done. We'll be speaking with you, of course, in the fall. And uh, as things progress for you and your company, thanks again for your time. Thank you. All right, for Sheetal Mars, this is Stuart Smith saying thanks so much for listening. Smallcapvoice.com, today's leader in investor relations, capital formation, and retail support, provides its clients with the highest level of service. Our audio interviews are disseminated to one of the largest opt-in audiences available today. How? We at smallcapvoice.com believe in aligning and affiliating ourselves with other leaders within the investor relations community. By sharing resources, each affiliated firm is made that much stronger and each client is served that much better. Our focus is to identify and provide the very best financial services and solutions available to clients and their shareholders. For more information about our services, please call us at 512-267-2430 or visit us on the web at www.smallcapvoice.com.